Good morning, everyone, and welcome on this non-sunny Sunday morning. Please turn to number 117 and we'll begin our worship with We Are God's People. to worship. Good morning. morning. Call to worship this morning is Psalm 71, verses 20 to 24. Thou, which hast shown me great and sore troubles, shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth. O oh my God, unto thee will I sing with a harp, O thou holy one of Israel. <clears throat> Excuse me. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded. For they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. Amen. The key word in that stanza of this psalm is the comfort that God gives, especially in all kinds of difficulties. And I think Andre Crouch has written a good song about that. So that'll be the next song we sing, number 304, Through It All. So 
especially the living word, Jesus Christ, and all he spoke. Let us pray. Lord God, we've gathered here this morning to worship you in person. We believe that you are always with your people when two or three or more people are gathered together in the name of Jesus. So we ask that your spirit would work in each and every one of us, would just fill us to the full of all that you desire for us to be, that you would work in us, and that through the words of the songs and the music itself, through the prayers, through the sacrament, and through your word, we would be changed noticeably changed little by little as we become more and more like Jesus that we could bring him in our 24-7, 168 hour a week daily lives to so many people who are lost right now and need to have what we have in you and in Jesus. We ask in his name and for his glory. Amen. And now, if you will uh, take your uh, bulletin inserts, we will pray together this prayer of confession that actually was composed by David. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Amen. 
Those are wonderful, inspired words of confession. And we also have these inspired words of the Apostle John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And now, um, let us sing number 413, Living for Jesus.
Amen. And now we will have uh, the reading of God's word for this morning. Scripture this morning is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, and two verses in John. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Asia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall you also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we pressed out of measure above strength, in so much that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. Who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver? In whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. He also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. And this is from John 14, verses 25 through 27. These things have I spoken unto you, being at present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. Amen. And now, um, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Merciful Father in heaven, thank you that you are always in the midst of your people, and you are always comforting us in all our difficulties by the comforter, the paraclete so that we may comfort others, especially family and friends not in your son at this time, in whatever difficulties they have. We praise you for the encouragement, endurance, peace, and salvation that is in your son, the Savior of all, who come to him in humble, dependent, childlike faith by the grace that you give Salah. We pray for your comfort for our brothers and sisters around the globe. May your spirit in them be used by you, Lord God, to bring their neighbors into your family, into your kingdom, because you are both father and king of all. And we pray that the blood of your faithful witnesses will be the seed of the growth of your church. 
both in the oppressed and even if it is your will in the oppressors themselves. And we pray for an end to human trafficking. And what is most discouraging, we beg that the Holy Spirit would move on the many people in the United States, which is actually the largest consumer of human trafficking in the world. Help us. Help us, your church, to repent and open ourselves to do whatever it is you desire us to do about this. We also repent of our nation being the biggest exporter of abortion in that our leaders are now even using tax dollars to fund abortions. Thank you for the victories for life in the last year, and please make us more committed and steadfast in opposing all forms of euthanasia. And we pray for members of our cell in Jesus' body, for Cindy and her son, Jeff, and please help her to be with us on some sunny and warm summer day. Please bless Doris where she is. Please heal Elin in her body. Do a miracle for her. Also, her granddaughter, Rebecca, and Rebecca's daughter, Ella. Please be with Peter, Linda, Billy, their mother, and the whole family. Please give Jenny strength according to your great love. Please continue to help Christine to grow in the knowledge and grace of Jesus. And please be with Allie. Give her healing in her body. And may the Holy Spirit be her great reliever of pain. Be with her family as well. Father, we pray for uh, Bell's brother. And right now he's in intensive care. Please be with him and with her. And we also pray for my sister Linda, who still has some 50 years, 50 days, (laughs) 50 days to go in her 90-day crisis. And for her husband, my brother-in-law, Elliot, and... um, the diagnosis he just received this week, please uh, heal him. Father, we thank you that Al and Carol were very much blessed this week, and please continue to bless them in every way. Father, we also uh, pray for Noel and Darren, and uh, I just uh, thank you for the role you've let me play in their lives and all that they are doing for you. Also, please... Unite us all with Jesus and also with each other in perfect communion as we partake of the bread and cup this morning, his body and his blood. And please guide me as I explain, interpret, and apply your special and powerful word this morning. Please change us greatly so that we will be able to do your will. And Father, as always, I pray that you would start with me, but we are all one body and we all have the same absolute need, although each of us has our own individual needs as well. And now when there's really nothing more that uh, I can think of to pray about, we are so grateful for the prayer Jesus gave to all of his followers together. And in uh, one voice, in one heart, we lift this prayer to you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And now, uh, before we uh, go deeper into God's word, let us sing number 365, No One Understands Like Jesus.
like Jesus when the days are dark and dreary. No one is so near, so dear as Jesus. Cast your every care on Him. No one understands like Jesus when the foes of life assail. You should never be cares and will not fail. No one understands like Jesus when the days are dark and green. No one is so near, so dear as Jesus. Cast your every care on Him. No one understands like Jesus you falter on the way. Though you fail himself, he fail him. He will pardon you today. No one understands like Jesus when the days are dark and green. No one is so near, so Well, do you all know people who are well-intentioned and yet sometimes overwhelmed by life to the point of despair? If so, how many times have you all heard them utter words that are inappropriate in polite society? Well, I remember a friend of mine, a colleague of mine who was pretty close. From my working days, he was absolutely hardworking and high-performing. And I always respected him because he cared about his work and strove to do everything with excellence. But Murphy's Law always seemed to get the upper hand with him. And I'll just sort of paraphrase it. If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. In fact, he had a cubicle in his poster. And the title of this cubicle, it was dealing with Murphy's Law, was Murphy was an optimist. And one of my favorite sayings on this, and we were on a special two-and-a-half-year project together, and he was one of the coordinators of all the different aspects, was, and if anything at all goes wrong, it is usually the most critical part of the project plan. Isn't that the truth? So... One thing that I remember was that in our project team meetings, we had them 8 o'clock every morning, some 25 people standing and giving updates together so that as a team, we could modify our plans wherever they were needed so that we could stay on target. Okay. Now, sometimes on our one-on-one discussions, he would let the mildest of all obscenities escape the lips of his mouth like twice a year. But in these meetings, the worst he would ever say when things were falling apart was just, it happens, okay? But how do we encourage people like this? I think that's the biggest question we have as Christians. And our text this morning from the Apostle Paul and Brother Timothy, as well as Jesus' upper room promise Give us what we need. Now, don't forget, I keep coming back to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' inauguration address. He says this very telling truth. Our Father causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. What does he mean by this? Everybody experiences the same trials, tribulations, 
sufferings, and afflictions. All these happen to unbelievers as well as believers. However, as we've already heard, believers experience the comforting of God through the comforter or Holy Spirit. And we are then, because of this, to pass this comfort on to those not yet knowing Jesus. And it's interesting, after that project was over and several years later when the company was breaking up and we were all going to have to find other jobs, he said to me that what he saw in me how I acted on the job, how I responded to things gave him hope that people could do things right even in times of difficulty and stress. And when he came into my office and sat down so we could have our goodbyes, he started, Gary, you know I'm a cynic? And I said, no, and we both laughed. And after he was done talking to me, he said, because of you, I can't be a full cynic. So what can we learn from our powerful text? Let's go to this opening to Paul's second letter to the churches in Corinth. And I'm just going to quickly skip over the first two verses because it's essentially a letterhead. I worked 20 years in an office and every memo that ever came out was exactly shaped like this. So, um, from colon Paul apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Timothy the brother to colon the church of God being in Corinth with the saints in all Achaia now Achaia is the name for southern Greece the southern peninsula of Greece and then he gives the greeting grace to you all and peace from God the father of us and of Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're ready for the meat of this message. It's in two parts. Part one, we learn that God comforts his people in trouble to comfort others. And affliction and suffering are for salvation, endurance in suffering, and comfort. Now, the first half of this part we learn, and this is the thesis for everything that follows. The God of comfort is blessed, being blessed for comforting his people in their troubles to enable, to be able to give his people the ability to comfort those in any trouble as God has comforted them. Now, let's go into the words, and Paul can get kind of, um, how do you want to put it? Um, He packs a lot into his words. He's known for that. So he says, blessed the God and father of the Lord of us, Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort. Here's two key words. Father God shows mercy, which is a combination of compassion, sympathy and pity to his people. Now, the word for comfort is key. In fact, it's used 10 times in our passage, the root of it, paraclesis, okay? It also can mean consolation, encouragement, earnest request on behalf of. Paul continues about Father God, who is comforting us concerning all our trouble for us to be able to comfort those in all trouble. So first, first, and get this, it's only after this happens. Father God comforts his people, those who are in him by the faith of his son, Jesus Christ. Why? This comfort God gives his people, makes them able to comfort other people who are in any trouble. Paul continues and builds on this. 
by the comfort of which we are being comforted ourselves of God. So what's happening is God is working through his people. He's working through us. God comforts those of us who are his people in the church of his son so we can tell others experiencing trouble similar to what we have experienced what God did for us so they may, with the hope, they may trust him to do the same for them. This process is what I would call pre-evangelism. When God has brought us through a trial or a tribulation or something difficult, he may introduce us to someone with the same problem. We can listen sympathetically and then we can testify to what God did for us. It's not necessarily presenting the gospel of salvation, but it opens their hearts. You see, God comforts his people that they may comfort others. Paul continues, because just as it is abounding the sufferings of Christ in us, in this way, by means of Christ, it is also abounding our comfort. And again, here's this key truth, this key phrase, in Christ, all who are in Christ by grace through his faith, they know that every time their sufferings, that they are sharing with Christ, as he said, take up your cross and follow me. When those sufferings increase, their comfort in him will also increase. And you can look at Philippians 3 or 2 Timothy 2. With this base, Paul continues and concludes the first half. God's ministers have been afflicted for his, God's people's comfort and salvation to work endurance in them to know both sufferings and comfort. So Paul continues with a very um, complex Not hypothetical, but just explaining how God does things. He says, but whether we are being afflicted on behalf of your comfort and salvation, whether we are being comforted on behalf of your comfort, of the working and endurance of the same sufferings that are happening to you all, which also we are suffering. That's pretty heavy and pretty long. But what he's basically saying is um, it's for your comfort and um, salvation. So the afflictions of Paul's ministry team, primarily Paul, Timothy, Silas, and others, those afflictions that they may be suffering are for the sake of, on behalf of the comfort and salvation of the believers who are in Corinth. And then Paul says that their endurance by suffering, by sharing in the sufferings of his ministry. So again, all these churches supported him in some way, his team. As they share in the sufferings of his ministry team, those shared sufferings will comfort them and it will work endurance in them from what they share of the sufferings, both of Christ in general and of his ministers. So suffering is to build endurance. And then he continues and he says, it is our reliable, sure, steadfast hope on behalf of you all, knowing that as you all are being partakers of sufferings, in this way also you all are being partakers of the comfort. So part one ends as it begins. And what we have here is a flow Enduring suffering for Christ flows into receiving his father's comfort. So here's our first application this morning. This isn't just for first century churches. Let us thank God for his salvation that we may also receive more faith so our sufferings for Christ 
will flow into his comfort for us. And then we will be able to comfort others. Our sufferings and our comfort is never wasted. God comforts his people that they may comfort others. And now, um, as always happens in scripture, it goes up another level. And I will combine here um, the climax of this passage of what Paul wrote. Because we have to unite it with what Jesus had said a few decades earlier in the upper room. There's only one way to do all of this. So let me summarize the rest of the message and then we'll go into the details. When they despair of even life, God's people must trust him to deliver them. And then pray with gratitude. Why? Because Jesus promised the comforter who gives his peace. So the rest of our Corinthians passage, the church must know of despair even to live in order to trust God who is raising the dead and to trust his deliverance. So joining together in prayer may result ultimately in gratitude, gratitude to God. So now he gets into the particulars of what his team was experiencing. So he says, for not we're desiring you all to be ignorant, brothers and sisters, concerning our trouble having happened in Asia. And by this he means Asia Minor, present-day Turkey that just as surpassing above our strength, we were being weighed down so that to be despaired us, even to of life. He actually uses a verb here for life, to be living. So their trouble, and by the way, it's interesting, it's just one word, King James used tribulation once. The same word is translated both ways, but really it's just a matter of degree. In fact, one person's trouble may be tribulation. Okay. In trouble, their trouble, Paul's ministry team trouble in present day Turkey. He's saying it was so great of a tribulation. So tribulation would be the translation here. They were just not strong enough to bear it. They were brought so low in despair that they actually wondered if they could still live, whether they might be dying right there. But going on, Paul said, we in ourselves, the sentence of death, we had received it, that not persuaded we might be to trust in ourselves, but in God who is raising the dead, present tense. It didn't just stop with Jesus. So he's talking about in us. Now to receive what we need from God, each one of us needs to come to the end of himself or herself. The same is true of every church and every ministry team. Here is the truth that we might not like, but we have to accept. We are insufficient in ourselves alone. But then he goes on, in God, God is the source of hope, faith, and life. In fact, Jesus said, and I've got these verses pretty much memorized. Jesus said that all who are hearing his words and all who are believing in the one who sent him, these have already crossed over from death into life. John 5. All we need is in God. And then Paul continues. Who from so great a death, he delivered us, past tense, and he will deliver us, in whom we have hoped. 
that also yet he will deliver us. So the yet is in the present tribulation, he will deliver us and ultimately the deliverance of final life with him forever and ever. So it is God who rescued. And this word rescue means by drawing out of danger to be set free, to follow him in his way. That's what real freedom is, to follow God's way, not ours. Not our way or the way of the world. And we can be sure, Paul's saying, he will continue to deliver us in his son, the Messiah, Savior, Christ Jesus. Here's the next application we can take out of this. May we all have the assurance of deliverance to come. And may it be based on the deliverance we have already received from God in Jesus. Just to be taken out of death to life, to know that our sins are forgiven, to know that we have received the Holy Spirit, which I will come to. This is the deliverance we've received, the down down payment, as Paul said in Ephesians, for what is to come. And then Paul concludes with these words, joining to helping together also you all on behalf of us in prayer, that from many persons, the to us gift by many, Many persons praying. Thanks may be given on behalf of us. This is so important. There's a beautiful word here that Paul basically invents. It's in the basic Greek dictionary, but the parentheses say only in the New Testament. Joining together prayer. God bestows his gracious gift of comfort to his people through the united prayer. Of his people, many of his people being offered on behalf of one another. That's all of what it means to be God's people and in his church, as our first song said. And the result of all of this is as God's people are moved to give thanks to God for the comfort they've received, they can pass this comfort on to others by his grace through the leading of the Holy Spirit. God comforts us that we may comfort others. Okay, that's the end of the passage from Paul. Hidden in all of this is the truth that Jesus said in the upper room. We can only pass this comfort on and receive it. Ten times Paul said it, through the comforter. So in the passage that we heard from the upper room, Jesus says the comforter will teach the 11 all things and remind them of all he said. And then he says he's giving them his peace so they may not be afraid. So it, it wasn't said because we jumped in the middle of what he was saying, but you know, I will give you, but I'll put in brackets. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you all remaining. What does he mean by this? Well, in the upper room, just before going to the cross and just before this paragraph, Jesus had spoken some hard truths that had caused his apostles great discomfort. He now tells them what he, that, that, that he needed to do this while he was still with them. He had to speak these words before, and they couldn't imagine this, the life-shattering, life-changing events of his going to the cross, all that happened. So now Jesus continues, and this is the reason why we're considering this passage. But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom he will send the Father in my name, that one, you all, he will teach all things, and all things he will remind you all, all things, whatever I, you all, have told even I. Jesus is very emphatic about his word and what he said. Now, this is a heavily packed sentence. But Jesus mentions the three persons of the Trinity. 
He calls the Holy Spirit the comforter, paraclete, which is the noun of all the words Paul used 10 times some 30 years later. He says, Father God will send the comforter and he will be sent in the name of Jesus, the Savior. So we have Holy Spirit, Father, and Jesus. Now, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to comfort, console, and encourage God's people in Jesus, namely his church, so that they may all comfort others who do not yet know him or Jesus. And so, therefore, they do not have eternal life. Jesus said at the beginning of his prayer in John 17, now this is eternal life, that they may know you and whom you have sent. And many people don't know that yet. Okay, so here's, this sums up everything to this point. We must be grateful for all the comfort we have received from God in trouble. To be motivated by the Holy Spirit, the comforter, to comfort others in the same trouble we have had. God comforts us so we might comfort others. Now, I want to say a little word about the 11 here, okay? I'll get technical and then I'll give an interpretation. These words of the Holy Spirit reminding of all the words Jesus spoke, they were only addressed to the 11 apostles remaining with him after Judas left. Okay, now let's consider this. These apostles, these 11 were guided by the Holy Spirit according to these very words of Jesus to write the Gospels and the New Testament. Okay, that's why Jesus made this promise. However, it is reasonable that we can expect the same Holy Spirit who helped them to remember all these words that he inspired the apostles to write, that he will also help us to remember those words. And then Jesus concludes with this word of encouragement, kind of negatively stated. (laughs) Peace I'm leaving with you all. My peace I'm giving to you all. Not as the world is giving, I, even I, am giving to you all. Actually, this part's positive. I skipped the last phrase. So Jesus Peace is a wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the peace, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The ongoing peace of the Holy Spirit is the source of comfort for all disciples of Jesus, not just those 11 in the upper room. The Holy Spirit brings God's comfort to all Jesus' disciples. And then he concludes with this negative encouragement. It must not be troubled, the heart of you all. Neither it must be afraid. So, the church of Jesus is many people with one heart. It's very interesting. Everything's plural except for heart. The one heart of God's people, the one heart of the church is Jesus' heart as he is being formed in us, as Paul wrote elsewhere. And his peace gives us courage. So so bottom line, may we experience the peace of the comforter that he gives us so we can live without fear. Okay? Remember, when Peter thought Jesus was weak, he was afraid. But if we know God... All of God, we will not be afraid. So let's wrap it up in about 70 words. God comforts his people in trouble so they can comfort others. Affliction leads to salvation, endurance in suffering, and comfort. And when they despair of life, God's people must trust him to deliver them and also pray with gratitude. And then Jesus said, the comforter will come and be giving peace to his people. God comforts us that we may comfort 
others. And now let's uh, sing together our communion song, number 265, Let Us Break Bread Together. forgot about the capacitors and everything. Okay. Uh, I, I believe everybody has a, a communion kit at this time. So uh, we will now go right into our communion responsive reading. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. So come to the table, you who have much faith, and you who would like to have more. You who have been here often, and you who have not been for a long time, and you who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed. Come, it is Christ who invites us to meet him here. Loving God, through your goodness, May we know your presence in the sharing, so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among all of his community through the centuries and shares with us now, made one in Christ and one with each other. We offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. And now before we partake of the elements, let us pray. Holy Lord God, by what we do here in remembrance of Christ, we celebrate his perfect sacrifice on the cross and his glorious resurrection and ascension. We declare that he is Lord of all, and we prepare for his coming kingdom. We pray through you, Holy Spirit, this bread may be for us the body of Christ, and this cup the blood of Christ. Accept our sacrifice of praise as we eat and drink at his command, unite us to Christ as one body in him 
and give us strength to serve you in the world. And to you, one holy and eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give praise and glory now and forever. Amen. And let us now partake of the bread and the cup. On this Sunday when we were united in the sacrament of communion with Jesus and with each other, and when we considered the, the amazing thing that has happened that we have the comforter of the Holy Spirit in us, that we can comfort one another and others, again, not as lone rangers, but being bound together in Christ. I thought it was appropriate to close our time of worship singing number 138, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds, 138. as Paul was winding up his letter to the churches in Thessalonica. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as also you are doing. Amen. And let us close by singing number 130, Bind us together.